Salam. Hello and welcome to Las Doctoras podcast, bringing you conversations about race, gender, sexuality, reproductive justice, and so much more. I am Dr. Renee Limas, gender pronouns she, her. I am Dr. Christina Rose, gender pronouns she, her, hers. In this podcast, we are going to share space with women and other people of color to discuss ways to dismantle all systems of oppression, including white supremacist, capitalistic, cis-heteronormative patriarchy. We imagine ourselves sitting at the table in our abuelita's house, sharing a pot of frijoles de la olla and chasing that with a shot of tequila, all while thinking of revolutionary ideas. That's the sentiment we hope to bring you, and we invite you to join us on this journey. Bienvenidos. Hello, welcome to episode six of Las Doctoras podcast. There's so much going on over here, so many things we are working on. Um, It's making us very excited to be able to begin to share some of the things that we've been working on with everybody. Um, We are in the midst of working on our next class. Um, We hope to bring um, more information about that very soon. Um, It's going to be released very soon, so please watch out for that. Um, And if you want to be sure that you are getting all updates on all the stuff that we are working on, please sign up for our newsletter. You can go to um, our Instagram account at las.doctoras. And if you click on the link in the bio, you'll see our current newsletter and then be able to sign up for all future newsletters. So um, this month's news or February's newsletter is public, um, but from now um, and into the future, uh, we'll be releasing the newsletter um, to those who are signed up for our mailing list. So please do that. Um In this episode, uh, Christina and I invite some of our friends onto the show to talk about another project that we've been working on. And we've been actually uh, working with some friends of ours, collaborating with some friends of ours on a book project. And um, before I get into that, I want to say that this interview was so interesting in that, uh, first of all, we were recording with four people, something that we hadn't done before. So making sure that you can hear everyone was a little bit of a challenge. And then on top of that, all but myself had their children in the room. So there was a lot going on that day. Four adults, five kids. Uh, We were all trying to stay present in the conversation, but also managing the needs of the kids. And so um, I think it kind of brought up some anxious feelings in some of us. Um, And yet at the same time, I really thought that it was such a gift because that's the reality of our lives. You know, we're all trying to multitask and really just recognizing that as the skill, right? Multitasking as a skill that allows us to do those kinds of things, right? To, To record a podcast with our kids in the room. And, uh, and I hope that the message of our conversation comes through despite any of the background noise and a lot of the emotional multitasking that you really can't see right in the in the audio recording there was lots going on behind the scenes um but you know again i hope that you are the message that we were trying to convey comes through anyway i'm so excited to really be announcing this book project and to be putting it out there. We've been working on it for a while, for several months now. And so we're finally excited to kind of be talking about it publicly. And um, it's so interesting that in talking about our book project, the conversation actually gets into a broader conversation about the legacy that we want to leave our kids. Uh, about the ancestral gifts that we want to pass on to them. And so, you know, you'll kind of hear us talk about what this book project is about. And I think we're still trying to find a clear way to articulate that um, on a theoretical level, on a conceptual level. But truly, at the end of the day, 
I'll tell you that this book is, it's a practical collection of tools and resources with the intention of creating rhythms in the home that honor the seasons, the earth, and our ancestral traditions. It includes recipes, craft ideas, stories, ceremonies, holidays, celebrations. Basically, it's a how-to book for Latinx families interested in earth-based living and rhythms. Um, And I would say that it's for Latinx families who may be searching for a way to integrate either forgotten traditions or um, you know, forgotten traditions into their their lives and into the lives of their children. Or maybe it's for um, those Latinx families who don't always have a deep connection to ancestral roots or even to their own family. Um, and I think it's also for uh, Latinx families who are deeply rooted in tradition um, to gain some validation or even to have tangible ways to be able to pass on these traditions to our children. I really see it that it's ultimate documenting our traditions that have been passed down to us, right? Oftentimes through oral tradition. There's songs that our families sing, you know, or ceremonies that we practice. And, you know, we mentioned in the episode that we truly feel that if we're not intentional about passing on these traditions and these customs, um, that they can get forgotten, you know, through the generations for, you know, a multi- multiple reasons. Um, I think often the allure of assimilation, um, you know, especially with so much anti-immigrant and, um, you know, white supremacist uh, rhetoric going on, um, you know, these traditions can get easily forgotten. And so for us, it's it's really about documenting these traditions so that we have a way to pass them on to future generations. So I hope you really enjoy the conversation that uh, we're having about this book project and why we're writing this book and what our personal investments are um, and really about the kind of life and legacy we want to leave for our children and for other Latinx children as well. The women that Christina and I are talking to are such a gift. Their talents, everything that they're bringing to this project, um, we just are so excited to be Um, having this conversation. We have so much gratitude for these women. And um, at the end, you'll also hear us mention that we will be launching a Kickstarter campaign for this project as we are trying to raise funds to really be able to produce this book, Um, hoping to be able to work with a publisher and ultimately bringing this project to life. You know, we've been working on this project for quite some time, um, but we really want to be able to to make this a tangible thing, you know, to to bring all of the the things that we've been collecting over the past several months um, to, to bring them into a tangible product. And so we hope that you'll follow us on this journey. Um, we hope to be announcing that Kickstarter very soon as well. Um, you can follow um, this project on Instagram at Semillas de las Abuelas. That's going to be the title of the book. Um, so Semillas, S-E-M-I-L-L-A-S-D-E-L-A-S-A-B-U-E-L-A-S. Semillas de las Abuelas. You can find us on Instagram. Um, and there will also be a link to this and all the other sort of uh, resources that we mentioned in the episode in the show notes. So thanks so much and enjoy the episode. Hello. Hello. We're really excited to be here. Yeah, we have a full house today. Yes. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> um, so we really want to just jump into what we're going to be talking about today. So mm-hmm. Christina and I, among other projects that we've been working on, we've also been working on a book project. That's right, a book project. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And today we have our collaborators in this book project with us. Mm -hmm. So we want to start by introducing who they are, um, and then we can kind of talk about what this book is about. I know. That's what this podcast is about today. (laughs) We're excited to share it. Yes. So why don't you all start with who are you? Please. My name is Marla Sanchez, and I am a single homeschooling mom. I founded Unidos Homeschool Co-op 
Um, cause I was doing childcare and wanted to do Waldorf in a more, in a way that reflected our culture and our histories more than what we were getting from, um, our local schools and our local books. And that's kind of what this book is about a little mm-hmm. bit is yes. kind of, um, writing something that's more for the people who share our histories that are not really spoken of. Um, mm-hmm. part of my work is also healing work. So I do tarot readings and I make herbal medicines. I just started um, Tiendita Raices y Alas on Instagram. So that's been fun. We've been working at um, Mercadito Carusel in Santana and some other little pop-up venues. And it's been really awesome to um, be affirmed in Mm. what I'm doing and create a new way of being for myself. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, Carolina. Tell us who you are, please. My name is Carolina Adame, and I am also a homeschooled um, mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think my love for being home um, really guides my business, my photography business, um, in which I create ca- images that capture human connection through those everyday moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also passionate about creating spaces that allow women of color to share Mm-hmm. And give voice to their own experiences, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's where my heart is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm excited to be here. We awesome. are both just so grateful to have you both here. Thank you. Um, I am so grateful to have a part of the book, but also here at this table for our podcast today. And I do want to say that uh, many children are here with us today. That's right. <laughs> Um, so there's going to be lots of fun background music, we'll say. I like that. (laughs) Lots of fun background music today. Um, so I wanted to start off, you know, like Christina said, we've been working on this book and it was... the working title? Should we... Oh, let's talk. What's the working title? Uh, so our working title for this book, um, and book project is Samias de las Abuelas, mm-hmm. really thinking about, um, us and our children as the, the future, the seeds of the future, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, was, I wanted to ask you, Christina, um, since this was your seed, <laughs> oh, thank you. this was, you know, you were the one with the seed of the idea. What was... Your inspiration for this book, how, how did you come up with the idea? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> I have not um, written a book since I wrote my dissertation <laughs> uh, three years ago. And um, I think that um, something that we all share is that we're perpetual students. We're always researching. We're always learning. And certainly becoming a mother, I just dove into... Book after book. You know, actually, I have a couple of your books I need to give back to you. <laughs> I, I have your books. Um, and yeah, mm-hmm. and it's how I learn. And so much of the, so many of the books have been very helpful. Books around um, creating safe spaces for children, around unstructured play, around um, uh, inspiring imagination and creativity in our children. And they come from different perspectives, I will say, um, but the, the ones um, that I have been using to create, you know, a home culture, a family home culture for my, you know, my three-year-old, my two-year-old and now three-year-old were Circle Round, which is a kind of a, a, a goddess book for children, you know, which mm-hmm. is a good one. Um Heaven on Earth, which is a Maple Village, sorry, a Waldorf, Maple Village is a Waldorf school, a Waldorf-inspired um, book. Um, and then another one around maybe like Creative Family or something like that. Um, all of them really coming from a perspective that um, I agree with in some ways, like the magic part, the rhythm part. But in other ways, um, I want to um, disrupt, you know, I want to um, deconstruct and kind of um, have have more of a dialogue um, with the text um, that it, it, does, it doesn't allow. Right. So holidays I wouldn't celebrate or um, things that in my home that we wouldn't do, um, not because we're super anti those things, but we're pro um 
really celebrating spring, really celebrating, you know, a time to honor, honor our ancestors, really tied into my my cultural heritage, um, which is Latinx, right? So um, finding, <laughs> um, finding a book, looking for that, and realizing, oh, there isn't, there isn't that book. Um, and really seeing in, in these books a, a certain simplicity that I thought, we can do that. I can do that. And I want to create this book already. And maybe it'll be like a little book, like a little zine, or maybe it will be um, something more. But um, I want this book already. I want it now, you know, and I am creating this now. So who would... Who would I like to do this with? Because I don't want to do things by myself anymore. I mean, even if I did want to ever do things by myself, I certainly don't want to work on a book project by myself. Um, I want to gather the people in my community that I think are already doing this work too and kind of create our own kind of circle around it. I think I first mentioned it to you, Renee. Yeah, so I I, I was telling Christina this story the other day that I, uh, I went to go guest lecture in a class of hers and we went to lunch after and she started kind of telling me about this book idea she had and I don't even know if I knew what the book was about and I just said yes (laughs) 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 I said she wants me to write a book with her yes (laughs) um and I was like I don't even know if you know what I'm about (laughs) yeah I mean yeah our friendship was still very young but I I just you know I felt like you know, when, when certain opportunities come into your life, you just kind of have to take them and jump in head first and mm-hmm. figure it out later. And that was kind of, I was like, yes, you want to write a book? I'm here for it. <laughs> and I was still really not clear on what it was about. I was like, but it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, of course, as we've gone along, really getting understanding what, mm-hmm. what it's about, just mm-hmm. really being um, even more excited. So I mm-hmm. thought, I just, you know, I thought that's a, a funny little I knew we love to write or else we wouldn't have been, you know, where we are in our lives right now. Um, But we had been writing a lot in the past, like kind of under pressure for this, you know, our doctorates. And we have children that we're trying to raise in a certain way that's similar. It's just like, I got to talk to Renee about this. (laughs) So Yeah, so I think maybe that's something we can bring up too because – Carolina and Marla being the homeschool moms, um, maybe Christina being somewhere in between, in between, <laughs> and then my kids being at a Waldorf school. And so I think there's something to be said about our perspective on education, mm-hmm. right? That that we, I always say, kind of coming from a critique of the traditional schooling system mm-hmm. and understanding you know, it's problematic. That could be a whole other episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, in search of something different, in search of something that's going to be more um, approaching, especially at, for early childhood, right? Approaching our kids with compassion and empathy mm-hmm. and leaving space for imagination and um, and just like the magic and of childhood. Um, Creating new ceremonies <laughs> or remembering old ceremonies and rhythms. Um as a part of like as a part of their education, you know, as a part yeah. of their growth. Yeah. Um, so that's I think that's for me. It's, you know, I was already invested in kind of the Waldo philosophy, and um, and that kind of goes in conjunction with a little bit of the homeschooling kind of stuff. So I think that's where we all kind of come together on is our perspective on mm-hmm. education and the and the the kind of education we want to give our kids right? mm-hmm. and then layered onto that is okay now we want it to be culturally relevant yes right yeah. um so um i think we, we're kind of alluding to this but i i want us to continue like really ground this conversation is what what is this book about yeah <laughs> um how would how would you all describe you know the the crux of this book well I would say for one it puts the power back it gives the power back to the parent mm-hmm. I was you know, coming from having an educational background I was in the classroom as a classroom teacher for 17 years and so often the story is so often the story is 
your kids turn five and then you kind of turn your child over to the education system and you let the system lead from there. And I think what we're doing with this book is bringing it back home and letting that be the strong base Mm -hmm. and then having everything else be extra, Mm. hopefully, from there. It can grow from there. Mm. But, you know... Keeping that that magic and that rhythm at home, um, keeping that sacred, I think it's one yeah. of the, I think one of the things that we all wanted to do for our for our mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. I like that. I was thinking that could have been our subtitle, keeping the sacred at home, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, our working subtitle is teaching to reclaim cultural practices for the Latinx family, and. Um, I think reclamation is a part of the work that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And also re- kind of reclaiming the word teaching, too, um, as, as mothers, as parents, as, you know, caretakers in, in our homes, like really saying, yeah, we are, we are the first teacher, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or we are the first teachers. Yeah. And I also think, you know, placing that importance on, on the everyday, mm-hmm. you know, how some... It's, it's so hard sometimes when you're at home with your kids and it gets so overwhelming and you get so tired and you forget mm-hmm. how important everything you do with your kids is. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a certain sacredness to serving breakfast and there's, <laughs> you know, even though we feel, like, we don't feel that at the time, you know, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, we're not like, oh, yes, <laughs> I, I'm not thinking this as I serve my kids breakfast. But I think when we think back, to our kids' childhood. You know, those are the things that they'll remember. They'll remember um, those rhythms that that they were that they were shown while you know during their everyday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I that's what I remember from my own childhood. Those you know, I have a horrible memory, but <laughs> yeah, I do remember those 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 times where I got to cook with my mom or my grandma made me um, mm-hmm. fresh orange juice oh or, you know, things like that, that yeah. they don't seem like a big deal as a mom, mm. but, mm. you know, we're always worried about like signing them up for this class or that mm. class or are they engaged enough or yeah. are they challenged enough? But I think all that happens and naturally, mm-hmm. but the things that, the things that we do at home, I think that's where the magic, the magic comes in. Yeah. I really like how you say that um, kind of creating something at home and then everything else kind of grows out from there. Mm-hmm. And that's been, I think, the thing that has kept me grounded because yeah. my kids do go to school and they do spend a lot of time outside our home, whether mm-hmm. it's at my mother's house or at my mother-in-law's house. Mm-hmm. And so I can't control what they do with my kids or what, but I can, you know, not that it's control, but I can create things in my own home that yes. this is what we do at home. Whatever you do at Amolito's mm-hmm, uh-huh, house, uh-huh. this is how we're doing it at home. Right. So right. things like, you know, um, how we might eat our meals or how we might engage or not engage with media, you know, in, in our home or cause I think in the beginning I would get really overwhelmed with like, these are the rules and this is, you know, yes. and, and then my mom was like, whatever. <laughs> and I would get frustrated. Mm-hmm. And I think I was just like, no, if I can just ground them and this is what our home um, practice is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, whatever else goes on outside, you know, they can always come home and this is, you know, this is what mm-hmm. I want to keep sacred at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that helps me to not be as overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I don't have to control what goes on out there, mm-hmm. but I can yes. create something at home that will give them that sense of like, this is my home. This is what we do at home. And and I think that's where they learned the idea of home, right? right? Like it's not the house. It's mm-hmm. the like, what are the small little things that we do at home that make it a home? Those rhythms, right? The rhythms of waking up, but what we do in the morning and when we go to sleep and things like that. I mean, that's a key part of this too. Like, we say cultural practices, and we mean also like the seasons, the season of the day, the season of the you know the year, and the season of our, of the, our lives. Their lives too is also an integral part of this book. And I love how we're talking about as I name these things and as we speak about this, feeling feeling that 
um, at home. Like, and of course, coming from a desire to really want to bring these and then feeling like the world does not support me doing this. I have to really be intentional mm-hmm. in the morning, you know, um, to do so. Um, or if the, the world that does support like these rhythms or these home culture and magic and everything come from a place of uh, racial and, and class privilege, you know, um, mm-hmm. too. So how do we do this in a home, um, in a Southern California home, <laughs> you know, a smaller home perhaps, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so wanting to have um, these these rhythms and cultural practices um, available, more approachable, um, yeah, so I, I feel like um, <laughs> we're kind of speaking to uh, the like the inspiration, right? Like, what is it that we want? What's the sentiment that we're trying to convey in this book? Mm-hmm. Um, but what what is actually in the book? <laughs> 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 right, like I right, like, and I think because every time we we've met, yes. we've kind of read. Mm-hmm. You were like redefining every time. I'm like, well, you know, trying to, what is this book? But I think there's something to be said about the practicality of the things that we've been collecting. So maybe we can talk about what are the things that we've been collecting throughout. I would say, how long has it been that we've been, uh, maybe since six months? Six months. Okay. So we've been collecting things to put into the book. So let's talk about that. Like, what have we, what's in the book? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um well i can say should we can I give like a t- the like the table of contents kind of yeah, look at that yeah yeah i think we we wanted to start with the theory and like behind this book right so that's our like intro and then really going into four chapters that um speak to spring springtime in again the the day we would call it springtime in the year and springtime in you know the the life of someone you know and then the next chapter goes into summer (laughs) um and that the same same kind of things all these elements of summer in our lives and then um fall and then winter really taking us through like the calendar year but also through the day and through um a child's life um, our lives. And I think what that establishes is the rhythm, mm-hmm. right? Because we talked about that we want to bring rhythm into our homes, mm-hmm. and so there's the year rhythm, right? Like, going into mm-hmm. the different seasons, there's the um, daily rhythm, right? Mm-hmm. And then maybe the overall, like, life rhythm, right? From yes. year to year. Um, and I think that's what, that's why we're structuring it in this way, right? To kind of see the different rhythms right. of life yes. and ways to bring that into the home. I think one important thing that maybe we haven't mentioned is, you know, we're following the rhythms of the year and the seasons and the day through the lens of Mm -hmm. um, Latinx Uh family. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's what you were mentioning that that nobody has been able to find when you you Google. (laughs) <laughs> or when you look for books when you're on Amazon searching for yes, books yes. or even more so in like any conversation I've had with right. other mothers you know yes, we're all yes. trying to do this yes. and I would just love a book to be like oh yeah what is you know we didn't have a celebration for this time in my family yes. but I know someone else did you know and yeah, I know right. maybe my grandparents or my great grandparents because mm-hmm. I well as did but I don't know about it so yeah. where mm-hmm. where can I find that you know yes, yes. so that is so a big difference so it's either holding on to those traditions or those rhythms or reintroducing them mm. when you hadn't been introduced to them in your own childhood. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so I think that's what, that's what makes the book unique. And I think yeah. that also is what gives value to each of our stories. Right, it, it gives value to those stories that have maybe not held as much importance in the past, or maybe things that we've taken for granted in our in our families that we thought would always be there. Mm. But now here we find ourselves a generation that is maybe we we either continue it or it's or it's lost. I feel like right now a lot of what we're talking about is women's invisible work and women's invisible oh, medicine. Yes. Woo! 
and that there hasn't really been like even though we are aware I feel like even for us when we come together and we're trying to pull together like the recipes that mm-hmm. we use traditionally for mm-hmm. each season, mm-hmm. it's making us kind of recognize what our abuelas and what our moms brought that mm-hmm. we maybe didn't appreciate at the time. Mm-hmm. But now as moms, we appreciate and want to pass on to our kids <laughs> we're because like, we see the value. How did you make rice again? <laughs> I'm calling my mom all yes. the time and she's like, yeah, they're <laughs> And I, I'm hor- I have a horrible memory, but yes. you know, it's, you do, you do get those thoughts in your head. Like, if I don't do it, it's, it stops here. Yes. Right? No that's, one else is going to do this that's in my a, family, in my that's life. So that's the saddest part, right? To think how, I think, for us, for whatever reason, whether it was we were closer generationally removed or to mm-hmm. immigration, whatever, right? Yes. So that it was like this was just the way of yeah. the world right like mm-hmm. you make beans and rice all the time right. or whatever and like you said now we're of a generation that it's not as organically yes. happening and yes. so we have to be very intentional mm-hmm. about what is it that we want to teach our kids what is it that we want them to see us cooking see yeah. us mm-hmm. doing see us mm-hmm. making mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think there's um right now there's a lot of worry about like the language you know everybody wants to Everybody's looking for a class to either teach or make sure their kids are speaking Spanish, you know, Latinos and mm-hmm. and other cultures. But I think that sometimes we forget to hold on to to the things that go beyond the language. Mm. Like, how do we hold on to that feeling that you can't explain? Like, you, you can't explain that feeling yeah. that you got when you hugged your, your abuela. Yeah. Like, how do you hold on to that? And how do you gift that to your kids? Like, yeah. how do you gift that to your kids and to their kids? Yeah. I think it's... And, and actually pass on the importance of that. Right. Because that's the other thing too, yes. right? Because I know, like, my kids spend a lot of time with my mom, you know, their abuelita, mm-hmm. but sometimes they they take it for granted. Yeah. <laughs> what about yes. abuelita? And I'm like, do you understand? I know. <laughs> like, I know. you know, and, or even my grandmother. So it's, this is their great grandmother. Right. And, you know, we don't know how long that's going to be available, you know, and just recognizing the importance of that relationship and letting them recognize it in the moment so that it imprints in their memory and they can eventually yes. have that, you know, to say, oh, I, I remember my, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. One of my favorite types of photography sessions to do is with grandparents mm-hmm. and with Latino grandparents specifically. I don't see that often. Mm-hmm. And just an image, mm-hmm. when I think back, I don't have any images with my grandmother doing something like I do have maybe photographs of like just standing there smiling but like how I would have loved to have an image of us making something together wow you know or just capturing that magic I did a session where we I mean, they just make tacos at home, you know, and then they all sat around in a table and ate together. Yeah. It maybe doesn't seem like a huge deal right now, but I know that yeah, it'll those be, will be gold. It'll spark a memory. In years, yeah. I think that's it. I mean, this is the anniversary of my abuela passing like a year ago, and I just feel this so richly right now. I mean, and the, the really what I want to pass on is and I wish I had a photo of it, is her making chili con carne and making the tortillas and me being a part of it, me stealing a tortilla. Like, like you know, I just, that's a picture in my brain. And I, maybe I should paint it or something. I don't know what I would do. But I want to do that and to say, this is what, I, you know, this is what, you know, your bisabuela would do, you know. Um, total aside, this morning when I sit, you know, Grammys, you know, she's, because we were making some things, and he's like, yeah, she's with us. Um, she flies around. She's like the colibris, like the, you know, around us, and that's when he sees them. He's like, really? You know, so it's such a beautiful thing, because he got a chance to meet her, but not, he, I, unless I do something, he won't remember her, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh, feeling that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, so I think that's, 
I feel like we haven't even had that conversation. This is a this is something that is yes. really coming out in this in this moment. But yeah, really sort of collecting these these traditions, these recipes, these you know whatever it is that we're putting into this book um, as a gift to our kids to be able to as a as a like memory markers. Right. To say, like, you know, here's the recipe so that you can it can spark the memory of when you did this with your grandmother or when you, you know, um, shared this time or whatever Um, that like that's that's amazing. Right. Yeah. Like this is not just for parents, but also for children mm-hmm. right. like our acknowledgements or like our, our who's this is for it's like our children right? and like we're literally like here it is yeah here like, here's is. the manual right? yeah here it is i wish um, i had this so so we've been alluding to these you know um like the actual things that are going to be in there so if we imagine like one of these chapters so we were i think the last time we met we kind of went over well we did winter stuff but um I think fall is a really good example, right? So if you open up the fall chapter, you might see what kinds of, what what recipes did we put in there? (laughs) I think I've only got one. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Um, So included. Maybe, um... Oh, Fideo? Fideo. Yeah. I think that was our winter chapter, right? Oh, is it? Okay. I think yes. it was the winter chapter. I think fall and winter had a lot of soup. Right. Yeah. Sofita, <laughs> yes. 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 For sure. It, it was, was so funny because I was asking my mom, you know, which foods do, would you say we cook when? Yes. I was asking her, Sopa de Fideo and... Like, se cocina todo el año. Totally, right? That's true. Well, it's like menudo, right? Menudo is a, yeah. a soup, but you, yeah, you eat it yeah. whenever. Mm-hmm. You would see images um, of, I think, your your session with Carolina, um, with the altar, and, mm-hmm. and your family. You would see things that we do for Dia de los Muertos, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a story from one of us in particular yeah. about how special that you know, this time of the year is. Um, There's some songs that Marla had shared, I think particularly for the fall. mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, so it's kind of like a resource list, Mm -hmm. right? Of how to sort of integrate traditions into um, your home and how to create them in a way that um, establishes these rhythms, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, and the reason why we said like gargos and stuff in the winter because it's cold and so mm-hmm. you want something warm mm-hmm. to make you feel good yes. um, versus maybe in the summer mm-hmm. ceviche. Ceviche, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Ceviche. I'm, I was thinking, what do we eat in the summer? <laughs> so be perfect, right? Things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Where that are cooling. Right, because yes. it's so hot, right? That's the kind of, like, se- when we talk about the seasons, it's that, like, what is what is going to comfort us in those moments, right? Because that's the, the feeling of home, too, yes. right? Like, what is, what's the comfort food mm-hmm. in that time? I think that this would be a great book to use with, in conjunction with other moms, right? When you're mm-hmm. trying to build community mm-hmm. yeah, and provide that sense of, togetherness and connection with other moms that may have the same goals yeah um of keeping those traditions or introducing those traditions again i think this book would be great for that as well yeah for me with um, the homeschool co-op i've had the privilege of kind of doing this with some other moms and one of the other bonuses of doing that is that for me my mom immigrated here as a teenager and my dad is chicano and farther removed um and so the other moms have really been able to fill in the gaps mm. with, like, things that I wasn't really familiar with. So I had never had fideo until two years ago when mm. one of the other moms brought it for one of our winter days wow. <laughs> and made it with the kids. Mm. And it was really fun. Yeah. That's a huge part of, um, I think, the work that we're doing, too, is is really recognizing the ways in which, so, you know, because of the diversity in Latinx families um, and the different generations, right? And and whether it was like your parents immigrated, whether it was your grandparents, however far removed from, from immigration. And, and, and what happens, like you said, is 
the traditions get lost or some of it is kept and then there's all these weird gaps. I really like the way you said that, right? It's not maybe necessarily that it's all gone. It's just there's a lot of holes in there and being able to fill in the holes for each other. Yeah, that that is what we're doing, right? Is, you know, or even thinking about how the different ways you can make fideo, Mm -hmm. right? Not everybody makes it the same. My, My grandmother on my dad's side made it and it that was like her signature thing fideo and i loved it and to this day my mom and my grandmother on my mom's side try to make it the same way and i'm like it's good but it's not quite yeah the same you know and it's so funny because they're always like waiting to see if i'm gonna say it's the same and you just never know what her special touch was you know yes. or what I, I never yes. had the opportunity to ask her like what how to make it you know I didn't have the same kind of close relationship to her so but it's an interesting way to see you know like that too and and then to think like what would it be like if I made it you know and, yeah. um, and I think that's that's such an important piece of this book is thinking about like who is it for right like yeah. it's for mm-hmm. it could be for a lot of different people but if I think people who might be in search of the traditions filling in the holes, you know, and then if they, if they're invested in passing those traditions on to their children, like how can they do that? You know? mm-hmm. um, I think we've tried to keep the book simple. Yeah. Like, I think oftentimes we, we buy a book or order a book through Amazon because we're desperate. <laughs> <laughs> we're like two day shipping. <laughs> and, and it's a beautiful book, but you don't know where to start. Mm. Or it's too overwhelming, or you have to get all the supplies first, and you know, yes. you know, yes. all over like Pinterest, we see wonderful things. But I think one of our goals was to keep it simple and accessible. Yes, to yes. most families, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a huge important part. So I want to now maybe talk about. Um, because I think there's something important based in all of our work, something unique that we're all bringing to this. So mm-hmm. let's maybe explore that. Like, what do we feel we are uniquely bringing to this to this project? Um, so what I'm bringing to the project, I feel, is that I have experience in running the homeschool co-op and writing the curriculum and implementing it with my kids pretty regularly and then with the co-op we meet like twice a week so we have foods that we're making together Uh, we're talking about what those foods bring nutritionally medicinally as well as culturally Um, I also feel like I bring the activism a little bit (laughs) for sure and and I'm also I'm a single mom and I'm low income so accessibility I know is really important to all of us but I feel like for me in particular it's a necessity um I really liked Waldorf theology or, you know, theory, mm-hmm. and it's just really inaccessible if you're not making a lot of money. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and yes. not only is it financially inaccessible, but it's not even culturally relevant to me anyway. Yes. So yes. for me, that's, I wanted to bring representation, mm-hmm. the activism aspect. And yes. Yeah. I and I also have the oldest kids. So the most experienced. I, I feel like that's such an important part because... Because you have older kids, so you there's been a lot of trial and error, let's say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> and then because you're doing the co-op and stuff, so there's a practicality that you, a pra- you know, practical lens that you're bringing, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, this is what it really looks like, right? We're all still trying to figure out how we can kind of do it. And you're like, you kind of had that experience of what it can look like in a real way. I wanted to acknowledge, too, the spirit that you bring to to this book, too, in some ways. I, um, I'm sorry, searching for the word around it. Um, but there is something, I want to use another word, epistemological. Like, there is, like, a way of knowing the, um, the world and your your sense of the spirit world, too, that I think that you bring to the text, too. And I'm looking forward to seeing some of it. Thank you. It's been really nice to be embraced in my, all of it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So I am providing the images for this book, for photography, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the way we chose to approach it was to take the photographs as the year progresses, mm-hmm. and which has been really nice because it's given me the opportunity to slow down and really appreciate what each 
season brings and um, what each of us are doing uniquely in our own families during that season. And there's, I think there's just such a beautiful way of giving voice to... And um, well, I, I think I just love the way that the sessions, if you want to call them sessions, they haven't been this like overproduced, mm. um, you know, for the most part, not posed very in the moment of what's real. Yeah. Um, when we did a session at, at Marla's house for Dia de los Muertos, preparing for that, it just felt so sacred. And it felt like there's something special happening right now. Mm-hmm. Like this is, it felt like this is a moment that will not happen again. Wow. Mm-hmm. And here we are documenting it. And wow. it's going to be part of this book. Wow. It just felt really special. Yeah. And I think that's how I would, I approach each of the, the sessions that we have for this book. Just like how we're approaching this book. If we don't do it, it might be gone. Mm. And so I love that the, the photography that everybody's been on board with, mm. with keeping that style consistent throughout yeah. the book. Yeah. Um, it's my first book project <laughs> as a photographer, so I'm learning as I go as well. But I love that I can incorporate my own style yeah. and the whole storytelling approach to the book. So as a homeschool mom, I think that I do, you know, value those, those everyday moments at home. So I hope that we, you know, can give space for that in the book, which we are. But I have a very <laughs> unique living situation where on my block is my mom. <laughs> and my sister, who is homeschooling as well. So between my sister and I, we have six kids. I have two and she has four. And wow. so it's it's a very unique situation and a very blessed yeah. situation yeah. to be in. Um, where the, uh, the grandkids... They just have gotten into the rhythm. They've gotten into the rhythm, or they kind of know that there's always something to eat at our <laughs> So we've been very spoiled with not having to be the ones who, I would say that my mom still is the leader, or for lack of a better word, leading this story. The matriarch. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, but I always think that, you know, now is the time to step up. Like, now is the time to step mm-hmm. up. But, <laughs> but I also want to embrace that it is a huge gift for mm-hmm. my kids. Yeah. And I also want to embrace that that's, that part of our story, you know, that part of our homeschooling story. And, and um, so, yeah, that's I think that's that's what I... I bring to the book. I think I, I bring a lot of the love of the everyday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's it's hugely important. Um, you know, let's say theoretically we had this book idea and we had kind of collected these things and we went to a publisher and they said, "Oh, here's a photographer." I don't think that it would be the same because I think you need to be actually grounded in this work to really capture the emotion like you said and capture the yeah the, the nuances of what mm-hmm. is it that we're trying to yeah to convey you know yeah, when we did the yeah, session with you renee and we did it was also a dia de los muertos like my chaotic life <laughs> so we set up an altar outside yeah right and yeah. which was beautiful but there was that one image that we captured in your kitchen uh-huh right yeah and that would you know I just kind of took it. I know which images will kind of speak to moms because, you know, obviously I am one. <laughs> but which images that people are sometimes afraid to take mm. because, like, it's my kitchen and it's not clean. Like, I didn't clean it. Like, are you are you not going to, like, please don't photograph yes, this or that. Yes. But I think when you are allowed to see yourself through 
somebody else's lens mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. not critical and not looking at those things yeah. and actually embrace those things as part of your story. Mm-hmm. You allow yourself to to tell yourself an, a new story, mm-hmm. right? Those things are part of my kid's childhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to embrace yeah. those, embrace them as well. I think that's important because we kind of talked about, you know, I really like to embrace like being transparent and this is the reality of my life. And um, I talk often about what goes on Instagram is very curated, right? Like there's a lot of thought that goes into what people post on Instagram. You take a million pictures to post one. And I do remember seeing that picture and I was like, oh God, there's all this weird paperwork in the background. (laughs) But thinking about, let's say in 20 years and my kids see that picture, they're not going to see all that. They're going to see this was me and with my mom, you know, it's like, and it did allow me to be like, okay, it's okay to embrace the imperfection of the moment. I think at that moment we were finishing up making cookies. Uh, Muffins, yeah. (laughs) Muffins, right? So it was kind of a moment of high anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) The kids were like all over, you know, the um, the dough. Yeah. They wanted more chocolate chips. I remember they wanted more and they wanted more. And and you were like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, it's a chaos. But I totally understand that moment where we feel like, I'm not controlling their sugar intake. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're doomed. Yeah. But then, and somebody catches you at that moment. Yeah. And when you look at it later, in retrospect, we can see that all of those things were just things that we do to ourselves, right? Stories we tell ourselves. But what they see is like, wow, I made muffins with my mom. And now here I am in the kitchen giving her a hug. Yeah. Like, that's what they remember. Yeah. I'm just like here. Our air photography is just like therapy. <laughs> like it's like particularly coming from like, I mean, uh, a, another Latina, you know, like and a, another Latina mom. Like just like I affirm this. I affirm, you know, I, this is sacred. This is beautiful. The mundane, the simple, the everyday, you know, the imperfection, you know. But it just feels so good to hear it from, from to see it in your eyes, you know. Thank you. Therapy you should charge more. <laughs> it's interesting that you say that because you know we recently did a team building uh-huh what would you call it we Where, we spoke yeah. with a somebody who's who does channeling right spiritual channeling mm-hmm. yeah and she did point out that there's been a lot of healing in my life and she asked like are you creative what do you do you know and I did tell her that I did photography and she said that's it. That's what's brought you mm. to this moment. It's been a way for you to heal. Mm. And mm. it is healing. It is healing to give a voice to somebody else's story that you were always told, well, that's not really important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to give a voice to somebody else's story, I think, allows you to give voice to your own story and mm-hmm. say like it, it was important like everything mm-hmm. that you told me wasn't important it was yeah. and it made me who I am and you know brought me to where I am now yeah and mm. and therefore there is value in in what I in what I have to offer thank you the reclamations are really, really like reclaiming um, our stories they don't have to be repackaged or whitewashed we would call it or anything like that to just be like beautiful um i was gonna say that i bring i was gonna say I deep grief <laughs> that's i guess maybe where my heart is right now but there is like part of it that's like this deep um longing for the, the for stories for um a language for some something and it's there to a certain degree, but it's, it's not there in ways that I wish it were. You know, I just deep longing for, like, you know, my grandparents, my boss to be around me now to, like, um, and to have embodied their their way of being um, in, in a much stronger way that kind of, 
And but I have to take into consideration like the 1950s in America and assimilation and the mm-hmm. ways that my my family had to adapt. And I want to honor their stories and just honor um, the journey. So I think that what I bring is along with that grief is a, a long story, a long journey myself to kind of reclaim some of those ways. Um, that um, again, right? If I don't remember them, no one else is going to. Um, I don't listen to the ranchero music in the garage really loud all the time. No, I don't do this. But if I don't put on my grandpa's radio, no one is going to listen to it. You know, no one is going to pass it on. Um, So I, healing, you mentioned. And I think there's so much healing that has gone into my life as I'm 40 this year. um, In the last 10 years in particular. And um, I think that that bringing the intention um, and also having organized a book before, <laughs> you know, um, and then the privilege of saying, hey, we should write a book. You know, that's a, that's a big problem. Yes. Not many people would say that. And I think that um, I recognize the space that I can come from to just say that. And actually, and maybe it's even the expectation that I'm supposed to do that that makes me ask that question, you know, do you want to write a book? Because I'm supposed to do that with my doctorate, you know? But I want to do it in such a way that um, it's a book I actually do want to write, right? Um, that will actually benefit not just my head or my academic world, but like actually my life too, my personal life. So I guess I'm the, the person, the networker that brought us together at the table. <laughs> and I feel like there's something else that I bring that I was trying to name a moment ago. I've been doing these morning meditations, like art pieces, um, since I um, was pregnant, or maybe even before then, really. Actually, during my dissertation, I started it. I was like, oh my God, I gotta process this. What am I gonna do? Morning art, morning art. <laughs> Don't get into it. Don't write yet. <laughs> Don't check, you know. So I, um, I've been working to do this, um, create art for the book. Um, and more to come, more information about that to come. Really. But um, I'm excited to be able to bring my color to the book. Now here and here, I'm like, what do I bring? I feel like, I think something that Christine and I both bring is maybe the academic background and mm-hmm. being able totally. to, like she said, you know, when you get a PhD, usually the trajectory of a PhD is to write a book. And I was like, I'm not trying to write a book like, on, on my dissertation work. Which is why when you, like I said, when you approached me with, you know, let's do this book, I was like, oh, thank God I can do, like, we can do this together, right? It's not, because being, after coming off writing a dissertation, it was such an isolating experience that I could, I don't want to have to do that again, you know, by myself. So that was, you know, but um, I think bringing this, the academic lens to uh, recognize, you know, sort of the, the theoretical underpinnings of the work that we're doing, right? Like, how does this speak to these larger sort of things and and the activism, right? How does this speak to activism? How does this speak to the political constructs that we're navigating, right? Yes. White supremacy yes. and, and gender and patriarchy and all of these things and um, being able maybe to bring that language, right? That kind of theoretical language to the work that we're doing um, so that there's... I feel like there's so that it kind of, it grounds it in something, yes. right? It's able to ground it in, you know, yes, we're doing these practical things, right? Um, but we're also doing, this work is also speaking to, like, we're really, you know, you use the language a lot in our book, the idea of resistance, right? This is much more than just we're passing this on to our next generations, but this is really a way to resist the deep assimilation that we've had for generations, yeah. right? Because we are invested in that. We don't want to just completely assimilate ourselves into whatever this thing American culture is, right? Because it's so whitewashing, and that's what we've encountered in the other books, right? In the other sort of Waldorf-y um, uh, rhythm children's books, you know, uh, parenting books that we've encountered, you know, it's a lot of whitewashing, and we're like, no, we want to bring this other lens and... Um, and it, I don't know, that maybe the, a sense of, like, this is legitimate work, right? Like, this yes. is where we are actually resisting the whitewashing of, of, of these practices. So I feel like there's, I'm able to kind of bring that language to it and ground yes. it in that. Um, 
I think for me, I feel like because I was raised in a family where we did these, and I think a lot of us bring that as well, right? Where we're like, what do we remember from our childhood? What are the traditions that we remember? And tradition was such a big part of my family. You know, Christmas, we did Las Posadas. I mean, it was no matter what, <laughs> you know, like every, no matter what family drama was going on, Christmas time, we came together to celebrate Las Posadas. And even if, um, our relationship to Catholicism, right, has shifted throughout time, there's still something about doing that, right? Um, and so for me, I have such a deep sense of, of tradition, um, and wanting to pass that on to my kids. And, and like, you know, you were saying to be able to capture these moments that may not happen again and document them, like, mm-hmm. That's that's so amazing, right? I think about Christmas time again, making tamales with my family, and um, I only have the the memories of make you know of when I was a child doing that with my grandmother, and you know what would it be like to really document that, you know, so that um, that tradition is able to maintain itself to keep going. So I think that's something I maybe bring to it too is just that that sense of tradition. Right, that sense of like, how do we maintain these traditions, even as they evolve in and of themselves? Right, it's okay that you know it looks different, <laughs> but there's still a sense of, of tradition. So I love that. Yeah. I'm like the money making party at Renee's house next year. <laughs> it's our launch party. <laughs> oh my god, my mom would secretly love it, but be like, oh no. Okay. <laughs> it's good to know. Good to know. Um, Something that you said that made me want to speak to it a little bit, and maybe that will take us into, like, this last section is who do we, you know, who's this before, which we've spoken to a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to talk about resistance a little bit more. Yes. And this, um, the, the central image that we've kind of come to is, and I, and I love, is really the resistance part is creating, you know, looking at the altar that's there for our children that's set up by the world that we live in. And sometimes it's just the television, you know, and everything that it manifests. But, but really what it, what, what it says is that certain, you know, um, there, it says white supremacy. It says, Oh, this is so strong. I don't know. (laughs) It says, you know, cis heteronormativity. It says, um, male supremacy. It says so much in these images and, the, this is the altar we are resisting and deconstructing, you know? And then our next step is liberating or liberation, creating that for our children by setting up a new, you know, altar to the things that we value and, um, and want in our home and our home culture. And then finally, and I think this is the most important, <laughs> but I can't get, you know, you can't get there without going through as we discussed, you know, resistance and liberation, but, is um, celebration, like literally celebrating, um, which isn't work, right? It's it is is we've now constructed this altar, and we can actually sit there and breathe it in, and have a party around it, you know. Um, Drink some tequila, and just <laughs> and just feel feel all the things, feel the connection, be connected, you know. Um, to me, that is so central, and, and and doing that in such a way that our so it's accessible for our community, but also specifically for our the children in our community. You know, um, so I think that um, maybe we can just review like who do we imagine this book being for? And I think it is, in the end, people who are in search of bringing rhythms, daily, seasonal, yearly, cultural rhythms into their lives into their lives, um, you know, through the sort of Latinx perspective, right? And, or through those ancestral lineages. Um, and I think it can be anywhere from people who've never had that as part of, the, right, if they are Latinx themselves, but never had that as part of their, their life, but wanting to bring it into their children's lives. Mm-hmm. And then, um, or people who have had some sense of it and maybe want to fill in those gaps and again, wanting to be able to pass it on or even people who are, you know, practicing deeply in their tradition, um, but maybe don't know how to organically bring it into the lives of their, of their children. Right. Cause I think mm-hmm. there's that struggle. Like you, like for me, I, I, I grew up bilingual 
but I struggle in how to teach my kids to be bilingual. And so it's maybe that, that, mm. that, uh, that bridge between what did I grow up with and how do I give this to my kids? Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. that being said, I think we need to get to our next <laughs> point, which is, um, we are in the process of creating this book. Yes. And obviously really excited about it. And so I think our next step is to launch, try to get this book actually produced. Yes. <laughs> and knowing that we need some funding. Support. We need community. We need support. support. Yes. As everyone does. Yeah. And so we will um, be launching a Kickstarter campaign. Um, and we're, we're talking about April, but soon. Um, and uh, an and, you know, the goal for that is we've been talking about the book here. And actually, I think it could be on the Kickstarter, this podcast, you know, or something like yeah. that. Um, but to give everyone a visual, to see it, to see what it might look like, to see some of the images, to see some of the words that we're using and um, to to be a part of the work that we're doing um, to, yeah, to join us. Right. Yeah. Yeah, essentially we will be launching a Kickstarter campaign soon. <laughs> We're looking at April, um, where people will be able to, yeah, give us support, lend us their support in, in several ways. And, um, and yeah, and like you said, join us. And so, um, you know, on Kickstarter, there's rewards for different, um, uh, different contributions. And so, Maybe we can talk about different things that we, they would get. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, um, I mean, obviously, we're hoping that, you know, if you contribute a certain amount, you would eventually actually get the book. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. You're ba- you, we want to, yeah, buy the book. <laughs> um, but one of the rewards is um, being one of the first people to get a, um, a digital copy and then being one of the first people to get the hard copy. Yeah. Um, Getting a um, one of our uh, my art pieces, which is going to be in this oracle deck that we're creating along with the book. Um, getting get, getting that. Um, another one is um, this. A lot of them are the skills that we actually individually all bring. So a yoga session with Renee, a tarot reading with Marla, a photo session with Carolina, and an art therapy session with myself. Um, you know, Doesn't that sound interesting? <laughs> <laughs> I know. How can I get all these things? We, just, we get a trade. <laughs> um, but I'm really looking forward. You know, once we, once I think it was up there, and we, you know, we haven't published it yet. But once we do, I think that we were like, wow. You know, the work we're doing, just to visually see it, it makes a big difference. And so that's also a part of it. I think too, getting putting the Kickstarter out there. So I think. I think that's it. Um, it was so amazing to have you. This is the most people we've had on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And the kids. And yeah. the kids. I think it went Five well. Five children, four adults. That's amazing. Yeah, I think it went amazing. So it's really, um, you know, so we're just really excited to be continuing to work on this project, continuing to work on this project with you all. And just um, really excited to see what, what comes. Really quick, where can we find you all? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Carolina mm-hmm. underscore Agame. Mm-hmm. You can also find me at Carolina Agame. Mm-hmm. And it's A-A, so it's Carolina with an A. And then again, <laughs> A. Got it. Nice. <laughs> And we have a couple of them. The co-op is Unidos Homeschool Co-op on Instagram. And the store is Tiendita Raices y Alas. And then I do the tarot readings and other stuff through Mama Dragon Rising. And we'll put links to all of that in the yes. in the show notes. So. Wonderful. Good work there. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>